Okay. Welcome, everybody. My name is Merrill. I'm on the staff with the club. And I'm really happy to be here with you sharing about prayer. Amen. Uh, actually, we're sharing about Christ. Right. right? We're actually always talking about our precious Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that right, Patrick? That is right. Okay, so, um, well, we want to continue. We want to continue the talk that we've uh, had this semester about community. And um, so that's the first point on your sheet. Does everyone have an outline? Okay, we need a couple outlines here. Do we have any extras? There's one or two over here. So we'll be going through this outline. So, now, so two weeks ago when we started, we had a message on, on do you all remember what it was? Re- reality and community. That was so good. And then last week, you remember what we talked about? We saw where reality and community meet. Good. They meet in the homes. In the homes. So that's what we've had so far. Reality and community meet from house to house and day by day. So if we look at Acts 2, 42 and 46 here, it says, They continued steadfastly in the teaching and fellowship of the apostles, in the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and from house to house, they partook of their food with exaltation and simplicity of heart. So the words reality and community are not explicitly written here, but if you read between the lines, you'll see that's what's going on. You have a group of people who are partaking of reality, right? Now the reality, you could especially see it in the teaching and fellowship of the apostles in the breaking of bread and the prayers. And where's the community? The community is in the day-by-day, in the house-to-house, in the continuing steadfastly, in the one accord. You see this? So this is a group of people, the church, the early church, partaking of the reality of Christ. They're a community there. And so we we heard that the topic of community was uh, really helpful to a lot of the students and it would be a good idea to camp out here on this topic of community and see from the scriptures what do we want to see. We want to see how this community grows, how this community spreads. To spread in, in Acts, how did, this, how did this group of people grow and spread? And for this... We'll see three things this week, next week, and the following week. And these three things are in Acts. They're vital to the spread of this community. And these are prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Okay, prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Say that. Prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. So that's point two. Now, if you look in the beginning of Acts, you have a group of people there in Jerusalem. And I have this... These uh, paired these two verses, Acts 1.14 and 2.4. You know, this group of people, they were there fearing for their life, fearing for their lives. You know, their leader had been crucified, and he had left them alone, and they were in a hostile environment, and they were in the upper room hiding, and what were they doing? They were praying. It says in Acts 1.14, right before that it said all the apostles were there, and and they were continuing steadfastly with one accord in prayer. 
And listen, this prayer went on for 10 days. That's a long prayer meeting. You know, we've, been, we've had some long prayer meetings, but this is continuous, just beseeching the Lord. Uh, they're waiting. They're, they're uh, anticipating the promised pouring out of the Spirit where they would receive power. And then that happened in Acts 2.4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. So do you see here the three things? They were in one accord in prayer, so circle prayer. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what is the result of that? Speaking. Okay, so prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. And then Peter stood up there at that time. There was a group of people. They heard that sound of the Spirit filling the house, so they rushed to see what that was. There was then a crowd gathered, and Peter stood up with the eleven, and he spoke a gospel message about how they crucified the, the Christ, but God raised him up, repent, believe in him. And 3,000 people got saved and baptized on that day. That was the spread, right, of the community. Isn't that awesome? 3,000 people. Then Acts 3, you just go right along to the next chapter. Right in the beginning of Acts 3, it mentions Peter and John are going up to the temple to pray. And there's this lame man at the door of the temple. And they heal him. And so this crowd comes together, you know, this guy just got healed. And so Peter takes advantage of this crowd being gathered, and he preaches again. So Peter speaks the word again. And then this time the um, chief priests and the uh, authorities of the temple come in and, and take Peter and John inside the temple and say, how could you be teaching this? And they forbade them, don't teach this upon this name again, right? So there was an opposition to the speaking of the word. But then they couldn't do anything to Peter and John because just, they just healed a person didn't do anything wrong, and so they just let him go. So Peter and John go back to their own people in Acts 4, and it says that they reported this is what just happened. So what happened was they were speaking the word, and so then the enemy opposed. And so then what did the church do in response? They prayed. They got down and prayed again. So these, this is like a cycle. This just keeps happening. So... They prayed and they basically said something like, Lord, look upon their threatenings. They've charged us not to speak in your name, but it's more necessary to obey God than men. Lord, grant us to speak your word with boldness. Isn't that awesome? And so then they had this long prayer in one accord and it just it crescendoed. And it was even, Lord, grant signs and wonders to be done in your name. And then there was a great earthquake and the whole house began to shake. That was a divine yes to their prayer. That was a divine, like, I authorized this. I'm, can you imagine being in a prayer meeting and it's so strong that there's an earthquake? <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness all the more. So, you know, this is just two examples, but if you read Acts it's just prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. This is how this community grows. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we had a prayer meeting last night, and it was good. Um, but I think we need more strength in our prayer meetings, right? right? And uh, so thir- point number three, the Seesaw prayer meeting. How many of you guys have heard of the Seesaw prayer meeting? Okay, so we have prayer meetings around 
uh, the city in various homes. And there's one in the Seesaw house. And what night is it? Wednesday night. Every Wednesday. Is it going to be there this coming Wednesday? Yes. Are you going to be there, Nick? All right. <laughs> Some of the brothers live there, so they have to be there. Uh, so, Will, how is the Seesaw prayer meeting? How is it? Yes. Time of praying. <laughs> yes. Now, I asked the student, who was it? Uh, and they were saying that actually you spend a lot of time enjoying the Lord and singing. Kareen, have you gone? I think that's excellent. You just need to be there enjoying Christ. If you do that, things will happen. So I just want to, how would it be if all of us went to the Seesaw house? That would be, I think there might be an earthquake in the house. <laughs> That would be awesome. So I just want to add, this is where my burden is, that we would, be, we would be people who put ourselves where the prayer is uh, so the community can grow. So anyway, you know, d- tonight, and from, from here on out in the message, it's just about prayer. But uh, next week, we'll be about the Spirit and then about the Word. And so we need these three things, prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Amen. And, you know... Um, Let me just say this. We were praying last night for the college conference. You know, that's coming up uh, the weekend after this one. We need to pray because prayer opens the door for God. Prayer brings the divine will to earth. So, um, you know, this community, Seesaw, we want this community to grow, don't we? You know, we're going to be reaching out to 8,000 freshmen this summer to grow this community. Mm. And I was talking to Neil, and we were realizing... How, in what manner should we reach out to these 8,000? By being full of prayer, full of the Spirit, and full of the Word, right? So maybe some of you would join us, and I hope it would be a whole summer of prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Oh, it's so good. Prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Okay, but now let's go on to prayer. And so the Seesaw prayer meeting, point three, we have this verse here, Acts 12, 12, right? Now, in this section, Peter had gotten uh, arrested, and uh, they had put him uh, under the watch of 16 soldiers and even between two of them in in two chains and at night, and an angel of the Lord came and struck him, and the chains fell off, and he just, the angel led him out, and and, and then he was free, and he went to the house where he knew the the church was. What does Acts 12.12 say? There was a considerable number. And what were they doing? They were praying. And what were they praying for? For Peter's release. Now, how would you like to be in a prayer meeting when all of a sudden the answer just walks in the door? That would be so awesome. Well, listen, this still happens. Listen, in 1974, when the church started here in Austin, they had this little, they got this little place to meet up in North Austin on, on North Lamar. And it was great. And at that time in the church life, there was a lot of meetings in the evening in that hall. That's what they did almost. How often, Neil? A lot, right? A lot of meetings. There was, it was excellent, but there was just one problem, wasn't there? There was a nightclub right there, right next to it. <laughs> so the noise was a problem. You're trying to enjoy the Lord and, you know, it's just. And so they got, it was eventually they prayed, didn't they, Neil? They prayed about that. Listen, that night, that building burned down. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Now, nobody got injured, but that building burned to the ground that night. 
to the ground. And that company had to go somewhere else. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, prayer meetings are powerful. I mean, we're talking real power. This is, anyway. You know, I asked, I asked my neighbor, he just moved back. He, he and his family, they were missionaries in Russia for uh, 12 years, and he's like the real deal. And then he was a missionary in Brazil for eight years. So it was like, CK, you met him, right? And Malik. You know, we were there for house to house. Did y'all enjoy house to house on Sunday? Yes. Wasn't that good? So that's where I went, to my neighbor's house with CK. And, and uh, so he was, anyway, we were just having a great fellowship. And so, um, anyway, he was there in 2007 in Russia. And the brothers, they, they decided, they decided this. Uh, we want to have all these people from all over the world come to Russia to preach the gospel in the street. But it has to be, and, it, and it's going to be in December. And who goes to Russia in December to preach the gospel on the street? It's cold. And you don't want to be out there. And those Russians don't want to hear it, right? Listen, so they were, so his name's Crosville. So Crosville was assigned to this city eight hours north of Moscow. And it was this little city. And they were going to have a team of people come in. They were worried. Like, is this going to work, you know? And, um, and so, but they're like, we have to pray for the Lord to open the door. Give us the right weather. And so... And also in the team, they got the list of people coming, and all of them were from warm countries like Taiwan and Singapore, where it doesn't get below 70, you know. It's like, these people are going to freeze out there. Well, it was, listen, when they got there, it turned out to be the warmest winter in like 50 or 100 years. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And they got out, and they were like, hey, is, is this Russia? This feels great. And it was perfect. And they got, I think they got all these people, they got contacted, it was excellent. So the Lord, he basically held back the cold wind through that prayer. He held back the north wind. Isn't that awesome? He even said when they got on the trains to go back after two weeks, it started snowing like crazy. It was just like, you know, it has to be winter. But here, for a little while, it's going to be spring. Anyway, they gained 50 churches out of that move. Isn't that awesome? So, and I was thinking, you know, we had this little experience, not on that, not on that scale, but... Um, who here remembers the Enchanted Rock experience? That was awesome. You know, uh, if you're, I think you have to be a senior, because uh, it was a few years ago. But basically, we were, we were going to do the all-day outing at Enchanted Rock, and we were looking at the weather, the forecast. And it was worrying us, because it was like 90% chance of rain all day, chance of storm, high winds. And we were like, what are we going to do? Should we cancel it? Um, you know, students are going to be so let down. And I remember, I don't know if it was Jose Luis or Kyle, but he, it was like, he was like, Lord, give us the best weather. And I was like, whoa, we're going to control the weather now. And I was like, okay. But anyway, we got out there, and it was perfect weather. And, I mean, it was, it was cloudy, but it was dry, and it was cool. And we were like the only ones there. And we had a great time on the rock, and... All the meals were served outside. There was no hindrance. Everything was perfect. Right, Chris? And, um, and then at, after dinner was served, we started feeling like the wind's coming. And we're like under this big patio. And it starts darkening up. And um, I just remember, I don't know how Kyle pulled this song out, but it was something like, flow through me, Lord, like rivers of water to the thirsty souls around. And I just remember as we were strumming that, and we started to sing, it just started to pour on us. <laughs> and then Chris started sharing his message, 
And right when he was like in his climax of his message, it started to hail. And it was just so loud, but we were filled with the Spirit. Weren't we? Who was there? Wasn't that awesome? Anyway, that was just a little mini experience. You know, actually, there was even some Boy Scouts walking by. And they, they had to take cover under our shelter and listen to Chris's message with us. And then, listen, Tim stayed late with them and led them all to receive the Lord. <laughs> Tim did that, Tim C. Oh, man, that was... Anyway, oh, I rode, I rode home with, with Timothy Liao, and we sang the whole way home, two hours, nonstop. I still remember that. We were so filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word. Anyway, this all came out of prayer. So these prayer meetings, don't miss them. Put it into your schedule to be for the Lord Wednesday night. Wednesday is going to be a hard day because Satan doesn't want you there. But just do it and you'll win the victory. Christ will win the victory. We're nothing. We're just little ones. But just assemble. A considerable number assembled. Praying. Okay, now we need to... I just wish we could tell stories all the time. But we need to turn to the personal side of prayer. Now, uh, prayer is primarily to contact God in our spirit and absorb God himself. That's the most basic level. And, um, you know, I've heard this, this said this way, before you get the answer with a lowercase a, you get the answer, the capital A. Isn't that good? Even if you don't get an answer that you want, you get the answer. You get the Lord himself added to your being as the answer. That's the most basic essence of prayer. And so this is seen in 2 Corinthians 12. Uh, In that section, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And you would think, I mean, he's the apostle to the Gentiles. He's the one commissioned to spread the gospel. And he had a thorn in his flesh, and it's probably his bad eyesight. And he was just asking the Lord, Lord, please remove this. And you would think the Lord would say, oh, yeah, I need to remove that so my servant can be more, you know. uh, But the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Isn't that good? When our weakness meets God's power, we experience grace. And it's sufficient. And it's enjoyable. And we boast in it. And the Lord gets all the glory. So you can liken this to you're going down a river in your Christian life, and, all of, and you're in a boat, you're going down a river, and all of a sudden you encounter a boulder. Now the boulder is the obstacle or the hindrance that you experience. And so you ask the Lord, Lord, remove the boulder so my Christian life can proceed. But then the Lord doesn't remove the boulder. What does He do, Grant? So He doesn't remove the boulder, but He raises the level of the river so that you sail over it. Isn't this good? So raising the level of the river is like raising the enjoyment of grace. So you can say the Lord is not in the boulder removing business, but the grace increasing business. This is our Lord. I love this. So Jude 20 to 21, it, it shows us that we're intimately involved with the triune God in prayer. So just circle praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't this good? This is the triune God in prayer. We're intimately wrapped up with Him. Okay, then just moving on quickly. Number five, prayer is to bring heaven's will to earth. 
And I put these here because a lot of times our thought is that we don't need to pray for the things of God. We just pray when we have a need. Or, when, I mean, you just pray according to your routine, if you, you know. But I just want us to see it's not, it's not just that way. God has a greater need. He needs us to utter a response to His will so that His will in heaven can come down to earth. So personally, going back to point four, prayer is to absorb God. God. But corporately, prayer is to bring heaven's will to earth. Isn't this good? Okay, so uh, here's just uh, five things the Lord taught us to pray. The Lord explicitly, either through, him, through Paul or he himself, said to do these things in prayer. Uh, so he said, pray that the Father's name would be sancti- sanctified, his kingdom would come, his will would be done. Okay, you guys read point two. Beseech the Lord of the harvest to thrust out workers into his harvest. Right. And, um, you know, this campus is a great field. The harvest is ready here. And you would think the Lord would already be thrusting people out and we wouldn't need to pray for it. But he said, when you see that situation, beseech me. Pray that I would thrust people out. So this is our, our cooperation with God. And then in John 17... Pray for the believers to be one. It's not going to happen until we pray. Then in Ephesians 6, the church needs to receive the whole armor of God. How? By our prayer. If we're not praying, the church is unarmored or uh, unequipped for the spiritual battle. And then in 1 Timothy 2, this one's really uh, poignant because God explicitly it says there he desires all men to be saved so right there it says so therefore pray for it pray that all men pray on behalf of all men so this is our cooperation uh, to bring heaven's will to earth so we have these verses that just um, hammer this home Matthew 6 10 your kingdom come your will be done and just these two phrases as in heaven so also on earth we want to be heaven earth people that are united to heaven, that bring the will of heaven to earth. Matthew 18, 18. Whatever you bind on the earth shall also have, be, shall have been bound in heaven. So this just elaborates on that, that uh, there's a will that pre-exists our earthly will. And you can say there's uh, an echo within us. We, we may not perceive that that will already existed in heaven. But when we get that feeling to bind or loose something on earth, it was already bound or loose in heaven. So now we're praying it back to God, and then He does it through our prayer. So it preexisted. The will was divine. It preexisted. We get a feeling to echo it, and then we pray it back to God, and then He does it through our prayer. Okay, then this is just an example in Ezekiel of one of the things of the Lord's will. Let's read Ezekiel 36, 37. Thus says the Lord Jehovah, Moreover, for this I will be inquired of by the house of Israel. So this is just an example. You know, the Lord's will is to increase us. But doesn't, isn't it interesting? He says, I will be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. Okay. So that's our outline. So we, we start with community. We're still on this line of the community here. And how does it grow? By the three things of? Yeah. Prayer, 
That's good. And then the prayer meeting is where we do the Lord's, the Lord's business. And then prayer, personally, is to absorb God to get the capital A answer. And then corporately, our prayer is to bring heaven's will to earth. So, so brothers and sisters, this is all I have. Isn't this good? We're going to be growing this community through prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Amen. Okay, so now we just want to take a, uh, like five minutes to just group up, uh, just get into any, other, any points you enjoyed, and then we'll just open it up for you guys to share. Okay? Take five minutes.